No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number three of the Battered Nets Fans Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and the Nets are 6-5, 11 games into the season. And I think that's more or less where everybody thought they would be. But considering the fact that they're playing and they've been injury-riddled for most of the season, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, when you look at the amount of games that some key players have missed, I think it's impressive, and I think it holds true to the fact that everybody's saying that we're such a deep team. When you looked at the only players that have played in all 11 games are Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Mikael Bridges, and De'Ron Sharp, everybody else has missed time. Spencer Dimity m- missed one game. Lonnie Walker didn't play that first game. Cam Thomas has missed three games. Ben Simmons has missed five games. Cameron Johnson has missed seven games. Nick Claxton, eight games. With all things considered, six and five is pretty decent when you take into account that we've had a pretty difficult schedule. And we should have won that first game of the and then that second game against the Mavs, it took uh what was it? Uh, a three-point hook shot by Luca to beat us. So all things considered, I'm feeling pretty good about the team. They're they're looking pretty good. Their new city edition jerseys, I think, are looking pretty good. I'm currently, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see if you're listening on audio, you can't. I'm currently wearing the Kuji City Edition, which I think is still, to me, the best City Edition jersey that they've ever had. But those new cause jerseys, I like them. I, I don't know why everybody's hating on them. I thought that they looked good on court. I thought the court itself looked good. And um, I, what I didn't understand was the connection to the Brooklyn Nets. So I looked into cause and all that other stuff. And apparently he is from New Jersey. So I don't know if he grew up a Nets fan or not. So I guess that that's where there's kind of a tie. And the fact that he currently works and lives in Brooklyn, I guess that's another tie. But regardless, I think it's a cool jersey. I also have a feeling since they decide on these jerseys a year or two in advance that KD, because he's such a, a big person on art or whatnot, and he had a big influence on the whole Basquiat thing, I have a feeling that he had a lot to do with this also. But I'm not hating it. Like I said, I like it. I still think that the Kuji City Editions are the best, but... The cause, I, I, I'm i a fan. But anyway, going back to on the court. Uh, last night, uh, the Nets beat the Orlando Magic in the in, in the in-season tournament. Uh, they're currently, they've only lost one game in the in-season tournament against the Celtics. So they're looking pretty good. They're probably not going to catch up to the Celtics unless the Celtics somehow fold and lose a game. But they have their... They're playing pretty well, and they have a chance at that wild card in the in-season tournament. Now, a couple things about that in-season tournament. I kind of like about the whole point differential where players try to play it nice and they don't run up the score at the end of the games. But watching Mikel Bridges go and take that last cheap uh, layup, I don't know if he dunked it or if it was a layup, but taking those last two points, usually you don't see that. They usually get that turnover and run out the clock. I thought it was kind of cool to see him score. I know Joel Embiid has something to happen a couple of uh, days ago where something like that happened. He took like a late three and then he started saying that he knew the rules and that's why he did it. So I kind of like that. Uh, and all in all, when you think about the fact that whether it was an in-season tournament or not, these games are being played anyway because they count towards the regular season record. So you're trying to win regardless. I, 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 I'm not hating it so far. Now, I don't know how I'm going to feel when that week, that first week of December where there's no games outside of the tournament, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it that week. I mean, I guess it's good for players that need to recover, especially us, that are so injury riddled and need to uh, recover. But outside of that week off for everybody that's not involved in the tournament, 
outside of that, I'm, I'm not hating the tournament so far. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure that nobody's going to celebrate winning that title or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, all in all, I, I like it. The Nets are looking good. They're deep. And just going through the season stats, right, because I was going to go and just talk about the Orlando game, but because there's been so many games since I last recorded, I'm just going to talk over the, the, the season in general. Cam Thomas, killing it. I really hope he comes back soon. He was leading the team in scoring with 26.9 points. And the last couple of years, everybody's been dying for Cam to get some time. And it's nice to see that he is finally a solidified, probably a solidified starter. And he was cooking. And it really sucks that he went down. P.J. Tucker playing football on the basketball court as always sucks. But he's going to come back. And I think he's going to come back right back to where he left off. He's, I mean, he's averaging the second most points in the game right behind Mikhail Bridges. So Cam Thomas is killing it, uh, averaging 26.9 points, uh, three and a half. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 3.8 rebounds, two steal, two assists, and one steal a game. I mean, you really can't ask for more. When I was watching him play, it's nice to see that now he's kind of driving, but with a purpose. Because although it's usually the score, right, because he, he, he's a bucket. He's a walking bucket. He does look to kind of dish out whenever he sees somebody open on the three-point line. So I'm liking that he's developing his game. Uh, so Cam Thomas, I think he has somehow became the, fa- the face of this team. We all thought that it was going to be Mikhail Bridges before the season, but it- it's Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is is quickly becoming the face of this team, and I think we're going to go as far as he can take us because he is a walking bucket. Now going back to Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges hasn't looked as good as we saw him the other uh, last year towards the end of the season. Which, you know, it, it, it sucks because we expected so much from him this year. But I think he's having a hard time being the guy. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and, and I shouldn't be thinking, uh, looking so much into it. But it, it's, it's weird because it almost feels like he's forcing things. Last year, he would get the ball and he'd make a move. He hit the mid-range jump shot. But this year, I think he feels like, okay, I'm the guy. I'm starting the season. I'm the guy. And I need to make things happen. And it almost feels forced to the point where that game against the Wizards, he shot like two for 14 from three. And I understand that you want your best players to shoot. I get it. Like I'm with that. But there has to be a point where you say, it's not falling for me. Like, let's get somebody else going. Or stop taking so many threes. If you're two for 14 from three-point line, you're a mid-range assassin. Take a dribble in, hit a mid-range jumper, or, or give the ball off. Back screens, I, I don't know, like backdoor screens. I, 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 I'm, I'm having a hard time really understanding why he's struggling. All I can come up with is the fact that he's the guy and he's having a hard time dealing with that. But I think he's going to come to it. Uh, he had a good game against Orlando. And, I mean, what I love most about Mikhail Bridges' game is that he's so efficient. So watching him go 2-14 for 14 from 3 was kind of, I felt like out of character for the kind of player that he is. But I think he's going to get that back. And uh, so Cam Thomas, Mikael Bridges, and I can't, we got to talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons going down with an injury, I think we all expected that it might happen. The fact that it happened and it's his back again, and not just his left side, now it's his right side or vice versa. I don't remember what it is. I think we've all come to terms with the fact that he is a good player when healthy, right? 
And I thought that this team was playing well when he was out there with four shooters. Like we were like leading the league in three point percentage. I'm not sure if we're still leading. I, I have to go and check that. But at one point we were leading the league in three point percentage. He was finding guys for open shots. He's still currently the leader in rebounding for the team. He was averaging 10.8 rebounds. He's still the leader in assists on this team. He was averaging 6.7 rebounds. He was averaging half a steal. Like he was playing okay. Like obviously you want as far as scoring. But, but that might have come eventually. But what he was giving you outside of that, I thought was, was crucial to the success of this team. But I think we've come to realize now, or at least I have, I can't count on Ben Simmons. Whether it's his fault or not, if, it feels like he's going to have one of those injury-riddled careers, especially when it's your back. Omar Stoudemire for the Knicks, that first year he was with the Knicks, was playing great. All of a sudden, he got into the playoffs, messed up his back, started having back spasms, and it was just a constant issue for him the rest of his career. Once you have back problems, those things keep flaring up. And I really hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes back in a week or two. Maybe he comes back in a week or two, and, and I feel like a dumbass that he ends up playing like crazy, plays well, and all's forgotten. But I really have a hard time feeling, uh, believing that he's going to be able to do that. And I'm just not counting on Ben Simmons anymore. But with that said... The news broke before the Orlando game that Ben Simmons was probably going to be out for an extended period of time. And then Spencer Dinwiddie showed up. And I really think that he heard, oh, Ben's not going to be here anymore. They might actually need a point guard. They might need a count on me for the rest of the season now. I think that Spencer is now going to start balling. Spencer showed up yesterday. That was the best game he's had all season. And to start the game... He was driving in dishes. I went ahead and I tweeted, he's going to get double-digit assists today. Because I felt like he's like, I'm going to show that I can run this show. I can do what Ben Simmons was doing. I can distribute. I can get 10 assists. And he didn't end up doing that. I think he ended up with 9 assists, so real close. But then he started getting aggressive. He started taking the ball to the rim. He ended the game with, I think it was 20 points. He ended the game with uh, 29 points. Oh, I was off. 29 points, 9 assists. Like, he was looking really good. He hasn't looked this good in a while. And I think you're going to keep seeing this Spencer. Because I felt like he was in a weird predicament. I felt like he understood. I'm here right now, but I don't necessarily fit. I think that they might move me before the trade deadline. So I don't feel like he was fully invested. Like, he's a professional. He plays hard. But it's different when you play hard, but you're invested. And I think that right now, at least last night, he looked like he was invested. And I'm expected to see this Spencer for the next, hopefully for the rest of the season. So I think that we're in good shape with starting point guard. Now, the thing is, we don't have a backup point guard. And that's where we're going to start to struggle. Dennis Smith Jr., I, I understand Dennis Smith. He, could, he can get some minutes. Um, I And before the season started, I had Mike Pisegli on, and I told him that I think that Lonnie Walker is going to take all of Dennis Smith Jr.'s minutes. I don't think Dennis Smith is going to get on the court very much. Now, due to injury, he has. And when he plays, they, they play much better defense when he's on the court. But offensively, he just struggles so much that it, it's, it's almost frustrating to watch. Like yesterday, he had a chance to take the team from a 14-point to a 16-point lean. And he went for the dunk, and he spreaded it. He got blocked by the rim. And then the Magic went in transition, and Ingrid, Inglis, hit a three, cut it down from 14 to 11. 
And then they went back on offense. Dennis Smith Jr. takes a short mid-range jump shot from the paint, misses it, another transition three-pointer from Inglis. All of a sudden, it goes from 11 to 8. So with the opportunity to go to 16, Dennis Smith Jr. gets blocked by the rim. And two possessions later for the Magic, all of a sudden, it goes from a possible 16-point lead to an 8-point lead. And the Orlando Magic start cooking. That second quarter, they got hot from three. And then that 14-point lead that we had disappeared. And obviously, we picked it back up to end the game. But that could have been costly because we had momentum going all of a sudden. And I'm not going to blame Dennis Jr. for everything that happened, obviously. I'm just saying that was a key moment where we had a chance to keep extending that lead. And then they brought it back. So Dennis Jr. is defensively awesome. Offensively, he lacks. I really wish that we had Spencer Dinwiddie to run the point with the second unit. But, you know, with the first unit, with Ben Simmons is in and out, we're in good shape. I just don't know where we're going to get that production with the second unit, especially with Cam Thomas out. Um, it's rough. But just talking about the team in general before I wrap it up here, I've heard a few people say that the Nets might have the deepest team in the league. And, I mean, in all honesty, it's true. Like, the best players on the team, probably Mikel Bridges and Cam Thomas. But when you look at the rest of the roster, all of these, the majority of these guys can start for most NBA teams. And the disparity between the third best player and maybe like the 10th best player isn't much because they're all really good role players. And Nick Claxton, I might even be, you know, not giving him enough credit for calling him a role player because Nick Claxton played really well yesterday also. But when you look at Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, De'Ron Sharp, you know, I've questioned him as the backup, but he's looked pretty good. He's active offensively. It looks like he's added some things to his game where he's, if he gets the ball and he's, uh, I don't know, a couple feet away from the rim, he's not just looking to pass the ball off. He's making rooms to get to the basket now. So De'Ron Sharps also picked up his game. You have Mikel Bridges, Royce O'Neal, and, and DFS, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. I feel like they're one and the same type of player, but they're both playing well. Cameron Johnson's finally waking up. You know, maybe a little rusty when he first came back, but he's playing better. Uh, Watford. Watford isn't getting consistent minutes, but when he does play, he's looking good. Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker, I knew Lonnie Walker was going to be a fan favorite. I knew Lonnie Walker was going to be a bucket. I That's why I thought that Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't going to get much playing time once Lonnie Walker got in. But, you know, uh, Lonnie Walker has looked really good also. Uh, Armani Book, uh, Brooks. He had that one game against the Heat. You really haven't heard about him since. Uh, Harry Giles. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining that he wasn't getting any playing time since Nick Claxton and Daron Sharp. Nick Claxton was in uh, foul trouble. Daron Sharp, foul trouble. And Harry Giles still didn't get in the game. But all things considered, we still won by 20. And we're heading into Miami tomorrow. Now, we beat the Heat, what, five times in a row? I have a feeling that, you know, the, the Heat know that. They're going to have that on the back of their mind. But the Heat are playing tonight. This is the second night of a back-to-back -back when we're going to catch them. So we might catch them sleeping, and we might get six in a row on them and keep improving. This team, I predicted before the season, would end up probably fifth or sixth seed, and I still have hope, and I believe that that's where they're going to end up. Now, fifth or sixth seed puts you up against, I don't know, at the moment, probably the Hawks. I think the Knicks will end up somewhere up there also. But all in all, I think that – We'll get one playoff win at some point. And I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. But 
I, I do think we'll end up fifth or sixth seed. I think this team has what it takes. Jock Vaughn, I think he's doing great getting the most out of these players. And um, as long as Cam Thomas comes back soon, walking bucket, Mikael Bridges keeps making strides. I know he hasn't looked great yet, but he's going to keep improving. This team is doing okay. And um, six and five, 11 games in. I mean, 